What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Championship City in Denver, Colorado. Omi D, how are you, sir? Looking like it's going to be Championship City in Denver, Colorado. I'm feeling mile high with my entire Denver Broncos <laughs> squad. Look, man, the most awesome place ever to be for that game. I was in a sea of orange. I mean, whenever we're ready to talk about it, sis, you just let me know. Yeah, I got, I've yeah, got a story yeah. all the way from the airport. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We got NFL talk coming up. We also have some NBA talk as well. We talk a little college football news in Florida State. And uh, before we get into the NFL talk, let's start with the NBA because if you remember, the last show we had last week, we started out the show with the story of the blowout the Warriors put on the Cleveland Cavaliers and how Cleveland looked like they were a mess. And uh, we didn't know if Cleveland could beat the Warriors again and have Steph Curry told everybody had a locker room, still had the smell of champagne from the championship win. Well, since that particular game, a lot has happened in the NBA, OBD. Number one, uh, the Warriors continue to blow people out. They, in the last few, in the last week since, they, since we've been off there, they've beat not only the Cleveland Cavaliers by 30-plus, they've also beat the Chicago Bulls by 30-plus. And then last night, they beat the San Antonio Spurs 120-90. to 90. I mean, yeah, I heard. the top teams in the league that they've all beaten by 30-plus points. Uh, to me, th- this is really about – this has got to be about the dominance of the Warriors. And, and how can a team that was so good last year come back better – this year. How does that happen? So, I'm going to tell you how it happens. Great upper-level management able to make great deals and keep people in the same positions they were in, especially when you're talking about the the starters and the role players of that team. I mean, you got a great system, the head coach. You know, Luke Walken came in, did a decent job. You, you just got to give credit where credit is due. Now, on the floor, I'm going to give Steph credit the rest of the guys that do, they're handling that. But there's got to be some good upper upper office management stuff, putting some deals together to wheel and deal, especially after these guys won a championship last year to keep them together and not get them to, to go off for the money maybe. Right. So I think you're right because if you look at the way the squads really come really put together, it's almost like they have two starting fives. You know, they have so many people coming off the bench. They're doing great work for them. 
if you look at the this is stat line from last night, uh, of course Steph Curry had 37 points, not to be outdone. But his his if you look at the bench play, you got 12 from Maurice Spate, 13 from Brandon Rush, you got 13 from Sean Livingston who's having a great season as a sixth man, and of course Iguodala is the NBA Finals MVP, and he comes off the bench. So that squad, what they've done is really miraculous. And I hear a lot of people talking in the NBA community, some of the guys that I talk with about how, you know, this this whole Warriors thing is going to make the season seem very, very boring because they're, whack, you know, waxing everybody that they play. But to me, it makes it even more exciting because this team legitimately, legitimately now, I can't even speak right now, uh, could be as good as that Chicago Bulls team that won 72 games because it, honestly, what, what team could really could really beat them? The Mavericks beat them, but without Steph Curry, they've only lost two yep. games. I mean, they could be one of the best teams of all time. So, so which is ironic. I was talking about this with a guy today, and Golden State has how many losses? They only have three. There are three. Two to the Bucks and one to the Mavs, right? Right. Okay, that's what I was thought. Just had to check myself. Because you know how when people start to try to argue with you on sports, you're like, nah, bruh. I got my opinions from south of the Trinity River. They've <laughs> lost three games. Two to They've the Bucks, one to the, to the Mavs. Exactly what I thought. So, yeah. But, um, sorry, I digress. Just in case somebody's listening right now, I wanted them to let them know that I put them on blast on national, international radio. On uh, radio, yeah. On, yeah. To all of our wonderful listening fans and sponsors and partners out there, we appreciate it. <laughs> I'm having a great time in Denver. Just want to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let me ask you this question, though, because there is some talk about this game because, you know, San Antonio Spurs, of course, are hanging in there. They're one of the only teams that could actually get that number one seed from the Golden State Warriors. But, before the game, you know, Greg Popovich announced that Tim Duncan was not going to play. So there's a school of thought out there that says, well, he knew this was coming. He knew that his team was going to get blowed out, so why play Duncan? The other thing I want to point out, though, that's interesting to me is if, if we can take the time machine back, not last year, but the year before when the Spurs wanted their revenge against LeBron James and – after they beat them in the finals, when they won a mission to go back to the finals and beat LeBron, Popovich did the same exact thing. He said Duncan, he said Ginobili, he said Parker, the entire season when they played the Miami Heat because he didn't want to show his cards, he wanted to see how they would play them. And the Heat, you know, drilled them in a lot of those games because they didn't have the stars in there. So there's a school of thought that says the great coach that Popovich is, he said Tim Duncan, because, okay, if they lose, they don't have 10 Duncan. So there's a psychological effect to that. If the Spurs win, they win with, they won without Tim Duncan. So they could be an edge there. Do you, do you buy into that school of thought of Popovich has just got this grand scheme of things that by sitting Duncan, he's really setting the Warriors up for a playoff victory? Oh. Now, I can believe that as a school of thought. If it's been validated that Pop did that last season, I mean, uh, a couple seasons ago with Miami, I can see that because right now, let's just be honest with you, if the Spurs were in the East, we'd be talking about them facing off against the uh, the Warriors this year. But right. I don't think any of it really matters. That team is playing on a level that's Cam Newton-ish, you know, um, Steph Curry is healthy right now. The ankle looks good. I think the, the calf isn't bothering him. And what I, I saw last night, bro, and it's, it's a scary thing psychologically. Have you noticed every game that they blow somebody out by 30, he's having the time of his life? Like, yeah. they're not even yeah. they're not angry. Like, they struggled yeah. more. They were more distraught against Milwaukee than they were against San Antonio last night. Right. Right. So there's a there. You know, he had 37 points and only 28 minutes last night. I mean, how do you how do you stop that? I, I think hands down, he's of course the number one uh, person for an MVP. 
right now to me, and he's taking the league over by some. He is the biggest star of the league right now. Uh, it, 37 points in 28 minutes is hard to stop. But, you know, the other thing I want to ask you, too, uh, on the Spurs real quick, last night we got to see if, if – and I think Pop did this on purpose. I think one of the reasons to me that he took dunking out the game is because he wanted to put a lot more on the other guys. So you look who started last night, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, David West, and Tony Parker. Parker only had five points. LaMarcus Aldridge only had five points. Danny Green only had three points. All these guys played 20-plus minutes. So for you to bring in LaMarcus Aldridge and pay him $8 million a year, make him the big max guy, the new guy with all the money, he only gives you five points in a big, big, big game. Tony Parker only gives you five points in a big game. Danny Green, who know who we know can shoot the three good enough to score more than three points in the game, I think part of this was probably putting pressure on them to say, you know what, you guys are going to be this new team going forward. What are you going to do, Lamarcus Aldridge? What what are you going to do? Because if you notice, in some of those big games for Portland when Lamarcus was there, a big knock on him was the fact that during these big games he wouldn't always show up for the big game. And that was a that was the biggest game of the year so far. And they only have five points in twenty five minutes is not gonna cut if you're gonna be a, a spur for the next five or six years. You know, I, I kinda like that that thought. But you know, Popovich is not the kind of coach that I mean, one loss against a quality team like that, it's like losing a pawn on a chessboard for him. <clears throat> so he might be doing something of that nature. But it, it, it's a good point. But, like, Tim Duncan is not going to be with the Spurs forever. Like, you got to start seeing what you have. And it's the perfect time to lose a game. If you're going to lose a game, you know, um, do it now. You know, the media market is not hyping up San Antonio as much as they're hyping up Golden State to pull off such a miraculous thing as we look at it in that bull season. But for a while, they were in, in there just as well. But, that team is a non-marketed team. Like, they just don't talk about the San Antonio Spurs when it comes to stuff like basketball. You know, they just are not a marketable team. And I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that they have going for them right now is Steph Curry and those guys are so marketable. You know, yeah. but they're good, bro. You can't, you can't deny it. Like, the dude shoots 100 three-pointers. Every day after practice. That's after yeah. practice. That's not part I've of the him. practice. I've seen him. So, yes. Yeah. That's, 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 that's nothing that he does. I don't see very many other NBA players that are actually getting out there and number one, putting that kind of effort into it. You know, extra effort. Bro, that guy, he's lights out. And that team is lights out, bro. Uh, just everybody. You look for someone to, to perform, Green, Iguodala, you know, Splash Brother number one, Splash Brother number two. It's always five guys, and one of them can step up and light it up at any point. And that's not what San Antonio has. And that was a good, thinking about what you said, like, that was a good lesson for them, a good lesson for Popovich to see what he has. And knowing, like I said, talking about upper management levels, you know, they can start looking and seeing what they can start picking up next year in the draft, where they have the weaknesses. Yeah. Right, right. I don't, I don't think in a seven-game series, even in a five-game series, I don't think, I don't think San Antonio stands a chance. Mm, I wouldn't bet on big. That. I mean, we originally thought that San Antonio may be the one team that could beat them, and now we see that nobody can beat them. You know, that's that's just amazing to me what they've done on the top, the top teams. You know, uh, around the league. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about the connection of. Steph Curry and the Go State Warriors to another team that may be considered one of the better teams of all time when we get the NFL part of the show. But before we leave the NBA part, you know, one of us uh, that we discussed on the show last week or part of the show last week actually does not have a job today. And that's the uh, head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, David Blatt, who was fired on his off day. How you get fired on your day off, Craig? I, I don't understand. But he got fired on his off day. He got fired on his off day. Somebody said they caught him on camera still in boxes. Okay. Yeah, he was still in the and, uh, jersey. Yeah. 
So he's, he's, he's no longer a head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They promote Tyron Lou as head coach who, I, you know, really, I always thought Lou would be the head coach. I'm surprised they didn't fire him after the uh, finals or didn't fire him before the season started last year when they knew LeBron was coming back. But Lou's the head coach. And, and this is a part I want to discuss with you, OBD, because let's, let's try to make some sense out of this story. So, so the Cleveland Cavaliers have said, both in a press release and in a press conference, they have uh, totally denied the fact that they had they did not speak with LeBron whatsoever before making this decision. They basically just made the decision on their own, on their own fruition, then talked to LeBron to see what LeBron thought about it, and just went ahead and made this their thing. And even LeBron has come out in his interviews and said, hey, I didn't know anything about it. This is their team, their decision. Now, come on, man. I got to call BS. I got to I gotta call BS. LeBron is Cleveland, period. Not just the Cavaliers. Not, I mean, he is the city of Cleveland. He is the state of Ohio. Now, how do you Pretty not much. talk to the, to the state of Ohio of LeBron before you make a decision about who's going to be the head coach? How does that wh- – where know, do they do that at? You know where? <laughs> when you hired a puppet in the first damn place, they didn't really care. Like – they gave that man a chance. You know, they gave you a chance with an all-star NBA player like LeBron James. But then let's just be real about the situation with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers are not this great team, bro. They've got a LeBron James. They've got a Kyrie Irving. They've got a Kevin Love. And then they got some more role players coming in. It's three three guys. And, you know, Kyrie's coming back off of injury. LeBron is, is said that they're a young team. And I think a lot of people are just hyped up on the fact that, like, he's LeBron. He should be able to take a team to the championship. But, I mean, shit, uh, the Miami Heat team that he had had four major role players on it at all times. Yeah, yeah. And their coach never got fired. But, bro, I mean, sometimes you just have to put somebody in place until you, until you, until you see something. Now, do I think they talked to LeBron James about Firing him, maybe not that in particular. Do I think they talked think to LeBron so? James? And, no, yeah, you know I don't. <clears throat> you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna say that uh, that they didn't ask LeBron if they wanted if he wanted to coach fight. I'm gonna say what they did do is they probably asked him how does he feel about the coach. And what's going on? Because, you know, you look at some things that transpired during the season. You know, LeBron sitting in the coach's chair, LeBron sitting down talking to, to Tyron more than he talked to the head coach. <laughs> and so, you know, I am a big fan of LeBron James. I think he's a classy individual. I don't think that he would do or would be part of a scandal of some sort or, 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 a whoop-de-doo to get the coach fired. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he really had anything directly to do with it. I think it was one of those, they made a decision, which is awkward because you're leading the East, but you also have to remember they're fading in the East as well. Toronto is starting yeah, to catch back up with them. But I'm going to ask you this question. So let's just say you're the head coach of a basketball team, okay? Your first year mm-hmm. with the team, you go to the NBA Finals. And you're missing two of your key starters. Two of your big three are out. But you're still taking the six games, okay? You lose. You come back. You're 30 and 11 in the in the East. 30 and 11, number one in the East. And you get fired. I mean, is that, does that make sense? Does that make sense to fire a coach that has accomplished as much as he has? I mean, I, I, I take the approach of Rick Carlisle when he said, because Carlisle, of course, is the president of the Coaches Association for the NBA. He says it makes it makes it makes the whole league look bad when a guy gets fired for doing his job well. Doesn't make any sense, you know. It just does not make any sense. So it tells me there had to be something else, you know. And I don't know what the something else is. I will tell you this: I talked to a guy that does cover the Cleveland Cavaliers on a daily basis, and he told me a story about how uh, one day, I guess. Uh, it used to be that, that LeBron and Kyrie Irving would want to shoot together after the game. So they were on a road somewhere, and 
they go back out on the court and start shooting the basketball. And all the guys are waiting on the bus. Like the players, the coaches, the training staff, everybody's waiting on the bus. They wait on the bus for an hour, waiting on these guys to get off the court. And you know who went and got them off the court? It wasn't David Blatt. It was Tyron Lou. Tyron Lou. Lou got out and got in their face and got him off the court. You've heard the stories reported on all the major media outlets about how Lou would be the only one to call LeBron out on tape when he was in the wrong position. David Black would blame somebody else. But Lou would get, yeah. in the fa- get in his face and call LeBron out when he was doing the wrong thing. Well, so my question is what it was. Here's my question. What team, NBA team did David Black play for? Well, he, he he didn't. He coached internationally, you know. Okay. He's one of the winningest head coaches in international basketball of all time. I mean, he's he's going to go to the Basketball Hall of Fame based on just what he's done overseas. Yeah, that's overseas. Now, how many NBA teams has he played? See, Tyron Lou is a player's coach, all right? You got to think, a lot of these guys are coming in to the league, and a lot of them want the player coach. They want the player coach because the player coach, especially one that's been to championships, can relate, you know. And, of course, I, I understand this guy is winning his coach in international uh, basketball. But, you know, I, I don't think yeah, – I'm just going to be real with you. Me as a person, like, that doesn't impress me. Like, that's international basketball. How many gold medals has the international teams won from America in the Olympics? Mm. Zero. All right. So, what I really get zero. So here, it's 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 not the same like in soccer. Like you get a great soccer coach from Europe over here, and you're just like, oh my gosh, he's awesome because the game translates that way. European football is way better than American football right now on a scale of soccer, but. It's not the same way in basketball. America has dominated basketball in almost every international competition, minus a couple that I've seen. But that's that's just our thing, bro. That's our sport. So I think his his resume is not enough to impress the players. And coaching is not just about making people win because just because right. these guys step on the court and he's there, they're not winning because he wants them to win. They're probably winning because they want to win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you got a team, like you said, if you got a LeBron, like, you don't have to fucking, you don't have to fucking coach LeBron. I said that the other week. You don't coach players like LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. You guide them. You give them basketball knowledge. You give them wisdom. You point things out. <clears throat> you call them out when they're wrong, you know? But you don't, it's not the same as some people might see coaching as. And like I said, I just don't see David Blatt as the kind of person that can issue guidance from an NBA Finals perspective. I mean, they got to the playoffs last year, bro, but how many times have you seen a coach take over a team, Barry Switzer, and win a championship, and that'd be the end of it? Right. So right, same right. thing. I mean, you're, you're right about that. I'm, and, and again, I'm not... I'm not saying Vlad is a better coach than Tyron Luke. My only point what I was trying to make was that, A, LeBron made this choice, okay? He was a part of the decision. And, B, even with Tyron Luke, I, I, I think it'd be better for LeBron if LeBron listens to, listens to him. But at the same time, I, I, I still don't see them beating, you know, the Warriors. I mean, I think we both agree on that. I, I still don't think they'll – I don't know. I think the next shoe to drop on me, D, to be honest with you, is they will be trading Kevin Love. I know we talked oh, about yeah. that last week. I mean, I think that's the next thing to happen. Before before the trade deadline, which is right around the All-Star break, they will be trading Kevin Love. I think that's you can the next You get some good pieces. Yeah, yeah, you can get some good pieces. Really good pieces. And that's, right, what, that's, that's, that's what they need. That's what they need. You're right. That's what exactly what they need. Well, that's enough a little bit of uh, NBA. We got a lot more NBA, of course, that we could talk about, but we got bigger issues to talk about. Uh, we got, got to get into the NFL stuff. But before that, Mr. Tailgate said, I have a quick college football opinion question I need to get from you, if that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, you know, college football season is over, but there's a story that we had discussed several months ago about one mm-hmm. Damon Winston. And I don't know if you saw the story that came out. I think I forwarded it to you today about how Florida State is going to pay the accuser that accused Jameis Winston of a sexual assault uh, $950,000. Uh, and they're justifying it because they are saying that only she's only going to get two hundred fifty grand of that nine fifty. The rest of it's going towards her legal costs and court fees. So they're doing this because they don't want to go to trial and tie it up in court and have to spend more money. Uh, a lot of people take settlements as some type of an admission of guilt. And I think Florida State's the only thing they're really guilty of is not taking this this serious enough. I mean, part of the money they have to spend, they're also going to have to implement some type of sexual harassment uh, training for all the individuals at Florida State, the football team, the athletic department. Everyone's got to participate in that. And there's still a civil trial that's going on between the young lady and um, James Winston, who has yet to be settled. Now, his lawyers have come out and said, basically, you know, just because the Florida State paid her doesn't mean that we're going to settle. We're going to go to court. We're going to fight this. We're going to get her under oath and see if she tells the truth under oath. But let, let me ask you this. Now that Florida State's kind of stepped out of it, they paid this money off. I mean, doesn't that, doesn't that still make this seem like something happened that shouldn't have happened that particular night? I mean, doesn't that kind of tarnish Winston a little bit more now that Florida State has decided, hey, we're going to pay you, pay this money and, and admit that we were at fault in doing something? Well, I can see Florida State not paying, well, paying the young lady to 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 get her to go away. I'm gonna say it like that. Um, now, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people say, well, they should admit that they were guilty or he was guilty, you know. But the thing about it is, let's just be honest. And I'm always looking at both sides of a coin because. If you don't show me the other side, I don't know that it's real. Like, how can we guarantee, and I'm not saying this young lady is, is any kind of troublemaker or anything, but I'm just saying, how can we guarantee that this happened exactly like she said she happened? You, for college football has been around for so long. How many of these girls have gone to different places, gone to different parties, up with people, and then let's just be honest with you, in the days of social media nowadays, pictures are going to go places quickly. And so some of these girls end up getting embarrassed because, let's be honest with you, these are college kids. And, right. and we talked about that when we talked about that thing. These are kids. They're 19 or 20, 21. Like, they got social media and all kinds of distractions, bro. Like, you know, we had all kind of crazy stuff going on when we were doing our 20s. We just were fortunate that, you know, uh, MySpace didn't let you post from a mobile device. Because, you know, you had to go scan a picture and then put it up on MySpace pretty much to get it up. And then you got to explain to your mama why you're trying to scan naked pictures of a girl because the scanner costs like $185. Right. And it's before they came with printers, you know. It was, it was separate yeah. devices. For those that are young enough to, those that are too young to understand that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. You had to go to Best Buy and buy you a scanner and a printer. Like there used to be things right. called offices where people would go and there'd be right. fifteen different pieces of office equipment. But yeah, bro, it's like Florida State is a business. Jameis Winston is in the NBA now, NFL now, so they don't have to represent him. And just like with Reggie Bush, you know, the college is going to have to eat some of it because they're going to have to yeah. do uh, classes and sensitivity training and all kinds of stuff that they're going to have to pay for. And James Winston is pretty much still going to be seen as uh, a, a pretty good alumni for them, which, I mean, he is, bro. You, you cannot, in the court of law, he's not been proven guilty in a court of law right now. He doesn't want to... And you know what? I, I want to make this quick. Uh, I know we talk sports, but out of time we do talk some some uh, social issues. And I'm going to have a quick kind of social commentary on this because I think it needs to be said. 
to all my young brothers out there that are listening, okay, the, the stat says one out of three women in college are victims of sexual assault. One out of three. And 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 I and she admits that she went to the club that night. She admits that she got drunk. She admits that she went home with him and his friends along with other people. Okay, and that has been clarified as some form of sexual assault. Now, now in college, it happens all the time. You go to the club, you buy a woman a drink. She may have already had too many drinks. You buy, you buy her another drink. You take her home. Things happen. Okay, that in today's day and work day and age is viewed as sexual assault. I've even had to tell my daughters that my oldest daughter, who is 16, I had to tell her anytime that. Someone gives you a drink, a bunch of you to keep drinking, and you, and you get drunk when you get in college. Now, when you're 16, when you get in college, and you go home and you do stuff, and then you wake up, you don't, you don't realize what just happened. In some instances, that's considered sexual assault in today's day and age. So I want to tell the young brothers that are listening out there, you need to understand what it is, first of all. Okay, It's not like when we were younger, and it was, it was just a different day and time. The, that is considered sexual assault now to get somebody drunk and take them home. So I just want the young brothers out there listening to know that and understand that so you can stay out of this kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's it's a dangerous game, man. Like, cats are playing with their lives. They think it's cool. You know, these frat boys, you know, they get a chick drunk. They do this, they do that. But, bro, it's, it's, it's a serious thing now. You know, that, that's damaging for people. And it's a sad statistic that one out of three women is sexually assaulted in college, bro. That's supposed to be the best time of your life. But, you know, right. I went to college. I was out there living it up, you know. But it's a sad thing that a man feels the urge. And I was talking over this with some coworkers today. Like, I just can't. In situations where I'm with a woman and she's possibly had too much, and she's trying to come on to me, I'm not going to do it. I just don't feel right about doing that. I just feel wrong. I just, well, I I just can't do it. That's why, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I want people to understand that it, there is a difference, okay? There is a big difference. All right, on a more, uh, much more happier note, uh, let, let's jump to uh, a little bit more of a, something that's very, very near and dear to you, OMD, and that is the AFC Championship game that happened this Sunday between the Patriots and the Broncos and how the Broncos pull off the win 20-18 to on the final seconds of the game. And, and, and I know you got a great story about this, so the floor is yours, sir. Well, let's start off by saying congratulations to the Denver Broncos for winning the AFC Championship game. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that did not think that we were going to be able to topple the Patriots, uh, the guys on ESPN. They all picked against us. But we believed. We believed. There was something special about this one. Because you know what was special about this one? I was in the city of Denver for this game. And I'm telling you, from the moment I got into the airport and, and busted that left and went down to the terminal gate, and we were the first ones there, and I just saw orange after orange after orange after orange pulling up to the gate with us. And I'm like, this is going to be the best flight ever, right? <laughs> so so I want to play. Of course, they're like, Broncos this, and they're like, woo! They're like, Broncos, everybody, And so there's a couple of people on the plane that were like Patriots fans. I was like, shouldn't Patriots fans be getting at the end of the line and get on this flight? Like, they're uh, they're pretty crappy. So, yeah, get to Denver, get off the airplane, and it's just, it's automatic orange rush. It's orange thunder. I see orange everywhere. People in the airport wearing orange. Orange, Bronco stuff everywhere. So you get on the train. Demarius Thomas is giving the safety speech. You know, I'm like, what are you doing here? You got a game to win. It's like, about to start right now. So I get to, uh, 
I get to uh, we get to the hotel, you know, check in. I go meet up with my homie. One of my homies is up here from high school. Shout out to my homie Paul. Uh, so I go watch the game with some of his friends over there, man. So I catch an Uber from the south side of Denver to the north side. So we go right by the stadium as the second touchdown is going. He makes the second touchdown. All the fireworks go off. The flames are shooting out. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not even in the game. And this is so awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm in the party with, with Barco fans, bro. You know, that last, the last two minutes of the game, anytime the Patriots, uh, anytime Tom Brady is in a game and there's two minutes left, there's too much time. If there's a minute and 23 seconds, there's too much time, bro. Tom Brady was putting them in the place that they needed to be to win that game, and they just weren't coming through for him. Plain and simple, that defense was stout. Defense was stout, man, and it was just so awesome to be in a room, bro, where everybody was cheering, and then I went downtown, everybody was getting drunk, I went to Target, everybody was like, what the hell? Of course, you know, if you checked out the Twitter, or even on my Instagram, OBD Online, I was decked out in orange. Decked out. Yeah. <laughs> It was people at the party that were like, I feel bad. You just got off a plane from Texas, and you have on more Bronco stuff than I do. I'm like, hey, I'm a real fan. <laughs> a real fan. But it was it was the most awesome game, bro. I couldn't have asked for a better end to a NFL season. Uh, being a Bronco fan, to be in the city, the city's electric, bro. They got the AFC championship. Uh, things everywhere. They've got announcements, you know, on the little screen where you, uh, like you're driving down the highway and there's a, a road closure. That says Broncos AFC Championships on them all over the city. It's, bro, they have like a, a song that they made, like a, it's amazing, bro. It's amazing. It's just where I want it to be. So anyway, that's my personal opinion about it. But you're in Boston, so I'm pretty sure yeah. you're in an interesting conversation, oh, too. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know what? I, I I got in tonight, so I haven't heard kind of all of it just yet. But I, but I'm sure I, I'm sure a lot of it's coming. So I just I just haven't heard it all yet, but I know it's coming. I know for a fact it's coming. You know, but, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about the game itself because I, I want to get from you as a Denver Bronco fan, as someone that's watched this team all season and then going to this game against the Patriots, we knew it was going to be a lot made about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and now Peyton has the 3-2 record over Brady in the playoffs uh, and, and the way they won the game. So I want to find out from you, first of all, what did you think about Peyton's performance in the game? The old man has been playing the way the old man has to play. Uh, he doesn't have the physical skill that he used to have. So he's having to play with his best of his ability. And he's just really lucky. And this is just honest, bro. He's really lucky he's got a pretty good receiving core out there because his ability or inability to throw the ball, to throw the deep ball, is really putting the Broncos at a disadvantage when it comes to run game. And... If you're going to be able to do two things, you're going to need to run and you're going to need to be able to throw the ball down the field. Can't. You really, to me, they kind of go hand in hand. If they're not afraid for you to throw the ball down the field, then they're always going to be pressing up to be able to stop the run. So all your short routes, as you know, Peyton throws 10 to 12 yards. That's about it. Free safeties can press up. Corners yeah, can press up. You're right. Because the ball, yeah, you're not going for it. I'm not going to get beat on a deep route. Uh, Peyton Manning threw one deep ball, and it really wasn't deep. It went like 20 yards down the field, but it went like 100 yards up in the air. So, you know, it it was – I'm not saying that Brock Osweiler should have been in the game. All I'm saying is it's a wise move, as Jason Garrett says, to put the player in the game that gives us the best chance to win. That's all you can do. And that's what he did. Well, we, old man playing smart with his life. You've always said that you've got a certain leash length for Peyton Manning. Every playoff game that we've talked about leading into it, you've got this kind of like, if he does this, this, and this, put Osweiler in, you know? 
even in the game against um uh the game against uh well, I can't think now. Pittsburgh. We talked about how you know, certain parts of that game you feel like, hey man, it might be time to make a change here. So that's yeah. why I want to get your opinion on that. It, I also want to talk a little bit about this Broncos defense who hit Brady twenty three times, led by <laughs> led by DeSoto's own Straight from Von the south side Miller. of the Trendy River, Mr. Von Thank Miller. Von. Shout out to Big. Yeah. Shout out to Von, man. Make sure, make sure we tag him in this show because uh, he's doing big things. Shout out to Von. Great game, bro. It was so exciting. It was just like he turned up in the fourth quarter. Like he knew it was that moment, and he was constantly getting in Tom Brady's face. Big shout out to Demarcus Ware as well because Ware was putting some 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 pressure on him, man. They were really getting in, in Tom Brady's ass. Excuse me. They're really getting getting on to Tom Brady, and uh, <laughs> my fans from the heart, my fans straight from the heart. Yeah, so uh, they were really getting on to Tom Brady, man. But that pressure looks so good. But you know what? Tom Brady is not the quarterback that Cam Newton is, and <sighs> love my Broncos to death, bro. And I feel like they can pull it off because that's the fan in me. And if somebody gives me their money to bet, I'd bet on the Broncos. But if I had to bet my money and I say had, like, forced by the mafia with a gun, I'd probably bet on Cam Newton mm. and their defense. Because they're just a let's better talk. defense. Well, let's talk about the whooping that Cam and Carolina put on Arizona. I mean, the defense, like you said, was all over Carson Palmer. Gave no time. Cam was extraordinary. Threw for two touchdowns. Ran for two more. Uh, I mean, he was dabbing all night. He was giving balls away all night. I mean, it, it was it, it, they just they they beat him really really bad, man. You know you know what the thing is about Cam is here's the thing I fear on me, D. As good as he is, has been. I I just feel like he's not gonna get credit for this season like he really should. I mean, let's be honest. There's only been one. There's only been two teams that made it to the Super Bowl with a better record than than the Carolina Panthers. That was the Patriots, where they were undefeated, and that was the '72 Dolphins, who finished the only undefeated season and won the Super Bowl in the NFL. So, so by those standards, okay, by those standards, they would be the third best team. In NFL history, by those standards alone, because you look at that 85 Bears team who had one loss, they didn't play 17 games. They only played 15 games. So I don't oh. think they're going to get the just do that they deserve. You know, we talked about, you know, Carolina being a great team, and where they go to state being a great team, and they're not getting the credit they deserve for being a team that could be better than that Jordan team. This, this, Panthers team should get some credit as one of the greatest teams that we have ever seen. I mean, because their record alone, their dominance alone, you know, other than that game against Atlanta, against a divisional opponent, they dominated every team they played. They went on the road and dominated. They dominated at home. And Cam has performed extraordinary. So that's the one, that's something I very fear because I think history I think the NFL analysts or whoever they are are not going to give this team the just credit that they deserve. I really don't. I can see that. I can see that. It's hard. It's hard to give a team credit because, of course, everybody wants to give the Patriots the credit. Let's just be real about it. Everybody wants to give the credit to Tom Brady. Everybody wants the Patriots to be that team. And, you know, even when Seattle won, you know, did Seattle get big credit once they won? No, nah, they came back the next season. Seattle was the champion, but they were still talking about uh, Tom Brady and them. You know, it's, it's, it's a thing of respect, bro, and they, they won't get it because you know why? They're an exciting team to watch. Just like that team, uh, the Bronx, not the Broncos, college UT had with Vince Young. They didn't get a lot of credit because they were, they're a team, but for some other reason, people hate teams that are exciting. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like, yeah. People get upset because the Carolina Panthers team is entertaining. Like, 
Bro, I'm an inter sports entertainer. That's my job. I'm an NFL football player, but I, it's a business of entertaining sports. If nobody buys our jerseys, we don't make any more money next year, right? Right. Right. So let's give the people a show. That's what they came for. They didn't come here to be bored to a game. So, you know, they love that. The fans love it, but the analysts love hate it because they're the ones that just like, well, he should have just made the touchdown and handed the ball to the referee and, right. you know, had some class and dignity. Like, well, well, well I just scored a, Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I just scored a touchdown, you know, 85 yards touchdown on some of the greatest players in the country, bro, possibly the world. And I can't celebrate? Get real. No, it's, well, let, there's not that many people that can do my job. Let's be honest, though. Let, let's really be honest, okay? They're going to vilify Cam Newton, okay? Cam Newton's going to be the villain of this matchup because it's Peyton Manning, okay? We know this may be his last game. He wants to go out on top. I mean, even throughout the season when they were undefeated and winning games, he was vilified for – he was a villain for dancing in the end zone, dabbing in the end zone. Uh, and, and then no one even knew about the football thing, about him giving it to kids or how much he did outside of, of football. Nobody even cared about that. They just they just didn't want him dancing. They write letters in about him dancing. They're going to make them, they're gonna make him the villain. The quarterback position in the NFL is the most talked about. It's the biggest position in sports. It's quarterback of an NFL team. You got Cam Newton, who's young, who's black, who's gifted, who could be the only quarterback in in in, in uh, football history that's won a junior college title, a NCAA championship, and a Super Bowl. There's no history that's ever done that, ever done that. And it's almost the same thing that did with Russell Wilson. It was kind of like, who is this kid? He runs too much, not a good passer. He's not going to be able to be, you know, Peyton Manning. They, they're going to vilify. They're going to make him a villain, just like they did with Russell Wilson. That's what's going to happen because it's Peyton Manning, Peyton's last game. I mean, you look on the sidelines of the Carolina game, who's on the sidelines? I mean, you've got young Jeezy, future on the sidelines of the Carolina game, right? you got uh, yeah. uh, Steph Curry taking shoot around in the Cam Newton jersey, you know. And, and, and I didn't know this until yesterday, but Cam Newton – He's not even the number one selling Panthers jersey. Luke Keekley is. Yeah, Keekley is. So uh, there's something about him being young, being black, having fun that's going to really turn a lot of people off. Let's just put it that way. Oh, yeah. Vince Young. Vince Young, bro. They they just hated him because you know who's on the other side? Matt Liner. Ready, steady, no celebration, Matt Liner, bro. Like, it's amazing. It's the fact of just the fact that they, they're doing too much, bro. You're doing too much, you know. But here's one thing I like about Cam, though. Although he's doing too much, he's smarter than most that have had that power. You know, look at what he's doing yeah. when he's doing the most. He's giving footballs away to the kids that are in the front row. Bro, how many in... I'm not trying to make this a black and white issue, but we'll talk about that because it is. There's statistics. It's, it's numbers. I would wish they would look at all the kids. Matter of fact, Sports Center did a clip. Uh, they went back and looked at all the kids that Cam Newton gave a football to and see what the racial ethnicity of it was. Because let's be real. Front row seats at an NFL football game? <laughs> Those ain't cheap. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Especially to uh AFC championship game. Let's just get real. You know, it ain't many of us yeah. sitting in the front rows of any sports arenas. So yeah. you know, I think people have to look at that, you know, and Cam is doing a good thing. He's very active in the community. He likes to give the kids. He loves to give the kids, you know. And that's the thing, bro. I think back to that commercial that he had with the uh, NFL play now. And he was, that little boy, he was like, so if I eat, you know, right, and exercise five times a day, I can grow up and be strong just like you? 
He's like, yep. He said, and I can go to college and win a Heisman just like you. He said, possibly. He said, I can. He said, I can come to Carolina and make all your fans forget about you and take your job. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And little boy was yeah. like warming his arm up. He's like, I'm just warming up my arm. Like that. I think that is genuine Cam Newton. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they don't want they just, yeah, and it's just like you said, they have to vilify somebody at all times, and he just seems to be that guy that, uh, uh, you know, we do have to know, you know, and we got like three minutes, you know, in the show, but, you know, I'm going to close with my saying on the Cam Newton issue with, you know, don't, don't let the liberal media tell you how to think and feel. The quote yeah, there you know. But we got we got uh, we got a whole show next week to get into this matchup between both of these two teams, man. Got a, got a whole show, but and, and I know you gonna still be in Denver for the oh, next yeah. week's show. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I expect I expect to get a lot of the the voice of the people, the voice of the the Coloradians in in Denver to come from you next yeah. week. Yeah, because I'm, I'm telling you. All everybody I saw today was just, you know, and Sunday has just been like, Fuck We turned up. We all turned up with it. Well, I'm gonna find out what's going on in Boston tomorrow because I'm sure that's all they're gonna be talking about on the radio is the Patriots. I, I, I'm for sure about that. Yeah, I can't wait that's for you to call me because I'm gonna have it going down. Yeah, that, that's all they're gonna talk about. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. I want to thank. Everyone for making this possible, man. It's the uh, first time we're doing this kind of on-location show. And uh, we, we'll make sure you go, guys go to uh, com and go back and listen to the show. Download the podcast there or, or go to iTunes or iHeartRadio and download the podcast there as well, too. It's been another show, another real show. I'll see anything uh, you want to say before we sign off. I uh, appreciate y'all letting me cook dinner while I was doing the show. It's been really awesome, like, doing the show for the first time. So I've been kind of cooking dinner. I got some chicken and some noodles, some pasta, and some salad coming up. So, uh, you know, Tommy D's over here doing the thing. Cooking it up. Cook it up. Cook it up. We'll see y'all next week. Omidy and Fishing, we out. We out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.